welcome to the Salt Church Podcast. We're a church that meets in the heart of Wollongong. Come and visit us on Sundays, 10am and 5pm at 275 Kira Street. We'd love to meet you. Hello church, good to be with you. Hope you're having a good weekend. Uh, I'm going to pray for us as we get into this topic tonight. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the God who speaks. Uh, You have provided your Son, the head of the church. He is the Lord, the King of Kings. Uh, He is the chief shepherd over us. Uh, Lord, help us to look to him, uh, to want to be like him, uh, to thank him for what he's done for us. Uh, Lord, help us now as we listen to your directions for church, uh, so precious to you. Help me to speak faithfully and truthfully. Uh, Help us to respond in a way that pleases you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you, what is the most important thing for us to get right here at SALT? Uh, what 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 is the one thing that is critical, do you think, to our health and vitality? Uh, if you could it, bring it down to one thing, there, there, there's lots of pieces to, to church, isn't there? There's lots of pieces that we've got to get right. Uh, there's, there's welcoming people well. Uh, if you're new with us tonight, welcome. It's great to have you along. Uh, we want to love people with the love of Jesus. Uh, we want to see people join salt well. This is the family of God. We want you to belong here. Uh, we want to do life together and journey together. And we want to grow as disciples. We want to stay as babies. We want to grow as adult uh, disciples of Jesus. Um, We want to help people become disciples. Uh, We want to get good at reaching out to new people. Uh, As a community, we want to love one another from the heart. Uh, We want to serve alongside one another joyfully. Uh, we, We actually want hearts that are genuinely changed. Uh, We want people transformed by the Spirit. Uh, We want our gatherings to to be great gatherings that honour God and bring glory to Him. We want the preaching, the teaching to be good. We want the music to be good. We want to be pointing one another to Jesus. We want to be prayerful. There's so many pieces, isn't there? We want the vibe to be right. We want the space to work. Uh, There's so many pieces, but, you know, none of those are the most important thing. What matters most is leadership. What matters most is pastoral oversight. What's crucial is shepherds who will shepherd the flock that Jesus died for. Uh, What will determine whether a church flourishes or crumbles, it's God's church. But gee, the, the church leaders are going to make a difference. The shepherd that will teach and direct humbly under the chief shepherd, Jesus. And then leaders for every team and every ministry. That will make make or break the effectiveness of our whole ministry. Now, we're in the book of Titus, uh, as Andy's uh, introduced us to. Uh, We've called it the the series we've called Saved for Good. Um, So have it in front of you, Titus chapter 1. Uh, and if you weren't with us last week, this is a, this is a letter written to Titus, uh, probably a, a convert, uh, someone who became a follower of Jesus through Paul's ministry. 
Paul's the apostle. And where is, where is Titus? He's on the island of Crete. There's a beautiful picture of Crete. Uh, anyone, we said this last week, anyone been there? No one? What's that? Not since last week. Not since last week. <laughs> I did ask that last week. Here's the thing, beautiful place, but, but a terrible place to live. Here is a group of people that, that are proud that they are liars, they are cheats, they are lazy, chapter 2. It's, it's a difficult place to live. And have a look with me in verse 5, chapter 1. Paul gives Titus one job. The reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. One job, or is it, is it two jobs? It's a bit hard to tell, isn't it? Straighten things out in the churches in Crete and appoint elders in every town. Or probably better, straighten things out, get things sorted by appointing good leaders in every town across the island. Uh, the word ortho is the word, it means to straighten out. So orthodontist, you know, when your parents had that massive bill, you went to the orthodontist, straightening your teeth. Orthopedics, uh, straightening bodies. Ortho just means straighten out. Uh, Titus is to straighten things out on the island by appointing leaders. Uh, in other words, if you want to get the spiritual health of the church sorted, find the right leaders, is what Paul is saying. The Apostle Paul instructs Titus, across this whole island, I want you to appoint leaders in every place, in every town. Now, uh, we're not told all the details. It's, of course, it's before denominations, before the FIC existed, before... It's not a Baptist model, he's suggesting, or an Anglican model or a Presbyterian model. Uh, it's one of those places across the whole Bible. The Bible's bigger than that. It's, it's not into the, the details of the structures. Uh, he's not talking about whether they're to be paid leaders uh, or unpaid leaders. Uh, all of that is secondary. But he's going to say to Titus... Make sure you have good, godly, gifted leaders in every town across Crete. Now, again, it's hard to know, uh, is he saying one elder per church, one elder per town, or is it multiple elders? Uh, It's a little bit difficult to say, but Titus has given this, if you like, this national role, sorted out for the place of Crete. And and hopefully it's obvious to you that it's it's going to make a massive difference to to the gospel isn't it how's the gospel going to get across the island how the, how's the church going to grow and flourish you need to choose capable leaders godly leaders uh here's uh what where i think he's going he's saying appoint men of character and capability that sentence is up there on the screen uh, men of character and capability uh, you flick one more Thanks, Pete. No? Just doesn't want to go. Um, men of character and capability is what, what uh, Paul's calling Titus to. Now, uh, I don't think we should be embarrassed that he's, he's quite specific here, isn't he? He's talking about some good men exercising good leadership in God's family. Uh, he calls it the household of God, uh, that is in the family business that's called church, uh, Look for some good men 
who will exercise leadership in the same way that we'd expect men to exercise good leadership in their homes. He's not saying, he's not saying something negative. It's not like he's saying something negative about women. He's not talking about leadership in the whole island. He's not talking about leadership in government. He's not talking about in your company or who's, who's to be the CEO. Uh, he's not even excluding women from leadership in church. His focus is much more narrow. He's talking about who will take responsibility under Jesus for God's family, for God's household. Uh, It's one of those few times in the Bible where God says, here's a role for some men, not all men. Uh, Other other places he'll say, here's a role for some women uh, to a particular ministry in God's family. And all from the God who says men and women are equal in his sight, uh, not the same, but beautifully different and designed to complement one another and serve together to contend for the gospel. And that's Paul's vision. Uh, That's what the New Testament picture is. Uh, But have a look at this with me. Men of character and, and capability. I think if you don't have character and capability, there's a whole lot of trouble ahead. If you do have character and capability, there is great possibility for growth and health. Um, Now, most of these verses, uh, you might have noticed, are about character. So let's dive into that. Um, Have a look with me from verse 6. Character. He says, an elder must be blameless. Uh, It doesn't mean faultless. Uh, Only Jesus is faultless. Only Jesus is sinless. Uh, Otherwise, nobody would be in ministry. Uh, But it's about there being no obvious glaring question mark that would create a barrier for this person to be the leader of God's family. Uh, It's not about pretending that you're someone that you're not. It's not putting on a show, but it's about transparency. Uh, Here's a person that can acknowledge their sin, is resting on Jesus, looks to him to... as, as Lord and Saviour. And he goes on in verse 6, faithful to his wife. Uh, it's literally, he's to be a one-woman man. Uh, so whether you're single or married, uh, there is to be no doubt that, that he believes in the covenant of marriage, that he believes in, the, in faithfulness to vows, uh, commitment to his wife, and respect and honour for other people's marriages. I think that's what it's about. And it's very, very plain here, isn't it, that uh, he could be or even ideally should be married, uh, but that idea from the Roman Catholic Church that he must not be married, he must be celibate, uh, it's, it's just not here and it's nowhere else uh, in the New Testament. It's a wrong idea. But look with me in verse 7. It goes on to talk more into his family life. A man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Uh, Again, it's literally a man whose young... It's the word young children, whose young children are faithful. Uh, So in the context, faithful to him, I think is what it's getting at. Uh, I don't think he's saying they must be faithful to God. I don't think he's saying they must be believers. Uh, He has no control over that. Uh, He has no control over his children's salvation. It's more, do they respect him? Uh, Do they honour him? Uh, Or are they wild and disobedient? 
Now, um, many of you know my family, and I need to tell you that there is a member of our family that is wild and disobedient. Um, can you guess who that might be? I didn't want one of my daughter's names out there. Um, that's, that's better than this morning, though. This morning, someone said it was me. That was, that was concerning. No, it's our dog, Lockie. Uh, we got him 10 years ago, and th- that phrase perfectly described him. Wild and disobedient. And now, 10 years on, the dial's only marginally been turned down, I think, in his, in his old age. Uh, and and uh, I used to think about this passage and think to myself, I am so glad the household doesn't include dogs, because I would be disqualified. Uh, but seriously, why, why is it that he talks about the family life being so important? Uh, he, here's the parallel passage in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Paul says there, if anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? See, see what he's, Paul's saying to Timothy, and he's saying the same thing here in Titus. If you're looking for someone to run the church you need to look at how they run their family. Um, Watch and see what's the quality of family life, uh, what kind of relationships are taking place there, how does he lead his family, if he leads them sacrificially, lovingly, strongly, he'll lead church that way. Uh, If he's not leading his family well, don't be under any illusion that he'll lead church well. Uh, I think is, is what he's saying. Um, is he able to say no to his children? Or do his children rule the house and get whatever they want? That will be disastrous for church, that everyone just gets what they want. An elder must be able to say no to people. It, it's, it's a very simple and profound comparison, isn't it? And it actually says something again, profoundly about church it's church is not an organization uh it's it's not a company it's a family it's like the family that we've come from but a different kind of family a bigger family and titus needs needs to choose people that would be suitable leaders of god's family and look with me in verse seven there's another word there he says uh, that they are overseers, they'll, they'll take responsibility, they'll have oversight over the, the health of the ministry in the church, they'll need to deal with lots of people and issues. And so here's a whole list of things that you'll want to look for uh, in leaders. Uh, it starts off negatively, they, they are not to be overbearing in verse 7, uh, that is strong leadership is never domineering, it's never oppressive, uh, they're not to be a narcissist. Uh, they, they're not to be quick-tempered. So it's not someone who flies off the handle quickly. It's not someone who loses their cool easily. It's not someone who is easily angered. Not given to drunkenness. Uh, they need to be mastered by the master Jesus, not mastered by any other master. Uh, not violent. Not physically violent, not verbally violent. Uh, not pursuing dishonest gain. Not someone who you go, actually, I think it's all about the money. Or I think it's all about the popularity. Or I think it's all about the fame. Or I think it's all about the status. 
But look with me, verse 8. Rather, look at the positive. He must be hospitable. Uh, He must open his home. He must invite strangers in. Uh, One who loves what is good. One who is self-controlled, upright, holy and disciplined. In other words, if you were with us last week, um, someone who exemplifies what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, uh, who's come to faith, growing in faith, growing in knowledge that leads to godliness. That's God's heart, that's God's passion, uh, that's Paul's passion. Um, he will need to exemplify that. But, you know, you could have all of that, you could have all of those characteristics, you could have great integrity and still not be suited to be a church leader because there's something more. Before we get to that something more, let this sink in. Let this sink in how important character is when it comes to leadership. Uh, Not just leadership uh, of all the church, but all the different leaders across church. Character is so important. Look for character, look for character, look for character. Character is almost everything. Character is almost everything. It is vitally important. And so what does that mean for us at Salt? It means that no one is going to come onto the staff team, no one's going to um, start MTS, no one's going to be invited to, do, uh, to lead Salt kids or youth or, or be invited to be a small group leader until we have confidence in their character. Until we have confidence in their character. Uh, which means you're not going to get invited to those roles on your first Sunday or your second Sunday or your third Sunday. Uh, And it actually makes appointing leaders a slower process, doesn't it? Uh, As we're careful. Uh, And if you, for people who haven't been part of SALT, haven't been part of the family, it actually makes it even harder. Uh, Because think about your own family. Who is it that knows you incredibly well it's your own family it's your your family of origin or it's or it's the family you're now living with or it's you could say it's your flatmates your your the people that literally live with you they're the ones who know you can put on a brave face at church or at work but they know what you're like on monday morning when things haven't gone well Uh, they know what you get up to on the weekend Uh, And being part of God's family means people will get to know your character. Uh, They'll get to see what you're like in different situations. They'll get to know you, who you are, how you treat people, how you love people. Uh, And if if you're from outside of Salt, then we've got to ask someone else, haven't we? Um, That happened to me, so when I was interviewed for the role of lead pastor... Almost four years ago uh, to, to the date, um, the interview was down at Diggy, so a free, free ad for Diggy's tonight. Um, so the selection panel, they're responsible to um, recommend a church, uh, the lead pastor, took me down to Diggy's. It was, a, it was a bright, blue, sunny day like this. They got me um, seated so I could see the surf of North Gong. I was like, why would you say no to this? Um, <laughs> And there was five people there. It was, a, it was one of a number of interviews. Uh, the sun's beaming down. It's a beautiful day. And then they ask, 
some really personal questions. Have you been unfaithful to your wife? No. They were diligent in ringing referees. Um, They asked about my marriage. They asked about my girls. They asked a thousand other things. The referees wouldn't even tell me. They rang the senior pastor that I worked for on the Central Coast. Is there anything about Michael that we need to know? Is there anything that would prevent him from being our lead pastor? Character is almost everything. And I reckon that's very different to our culture. How important is character at your workplace? I hope it's important. Uh, But for many jobs, it's actually possible to be brilliant at your job from Monday to Friday and be a complete drunken, womanising ratbag on the weekend. Now, how do I know this? I know it because I used to work with some. (laughs) I used to be an engineer. I don't want to throw all engineers under the bus. This is unfair. Um, But I never, ever, for for the engineering jobs I took on, I never, ever got asked about my personal life. They didn't care what I got up to on the weekend as long as I could do the job. It's a very technical job. I guess at some point... If, if they realise, not what I was up to, but if, if possibilities, they might have realised that oh, this guy's not the right job. But basically, it didn't really matter. Uh, on Monday morning, it was common, as, as people shared about what their weekend was, what they were doing on their weekend, for people to brag about their sins. Uh, when they ring your referees, they're not asking about your personal life. They're asking about how can you do the job. But not so if you're a disciple of Jesus. It really matters to God how you treat people all weekend and all week. How you do your job is super important. And even more so as a leader in God's family. It really matters who you are when nobody's looking. Character. But Paul says to Titus that there actually needs to be something more than godly character. You, you need someone who is capable. Look uh, more quickly now with me with, to two verses. Verse 7. He's going to be someone who manages God's household. Uh, so he's not just an example to God's family. Uh, he's going to organise and manage God's family. He's going to bring structure to the family. He's going to bring vision and leadership to God's family, he's got to be able to lead leaders. He's got to be able to get things done. Uh, this is one of the reasons why uh, we take leadership really seriously here at Salt. And we, if you're a leader, we really want to grow you in leadership because that is incredibly healthy for Salt and for the gospel. Uh, it's why we, we invest in the ministry training strategy. Uh, We want people to grow in character, we want them to grow in conviction, and we want them to be competent. Uh, So if you're a leader, we want you to step up and grow in character, in conviction, in competency. But second verse, look at verse 9. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy, trustworthy message as it has been taught. He must be 
gripped by the truth. He must be rock solid on the gospel of Jesus. He must get grace. It's the kind of person where you, you've got to go, I've got no doubt they know God's word, they believe God's word, they trust God's word, they take what God says seriously. And notice the reason in verse 9, it's so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Uh, The great reformer, uh, John Calvin, 400 years ago, said this, uh, they need to be good at gathering sheep and removing wolves. How is he going to do that if he doesn't believe the Bible? If he doesn't trust the Bible, he doesn't know the Bible, he actually needs to be someone who's not afraid to say that you're wrong. He needs to be someone who can call out false teaching and false teachers. Uh, it's, it's a job of great responsibility, isn't it? We're, we're all called to teach one another, but the idea is here is the public teacher of God's Word. And if the overseer if this public teacher of the word is not clear on these things, that's going to have a cascading effect down all of church, affecting the direction and quality of the ministry. So key question, can they handle the word of God? Hear what what, uh, Paul's instructing Titus to, look for pastors who will shepherd God's flock with the word of God. Uh, Paul says in Corinthians We're all called to serve in all kinds of ways. Uh, He draws that analogy, we are the body of Christ, we've all got a part to play. It is an all, it is, every part is important. If we miss one part, the whole body will be affected. What's the part Paul is talking about here? It's the part that gives biblical direction to the whole church. Uh, The one who leads by teaching the word of God. It's the role that God will judge more strictly. Uh, It's the role that when when it's done well, there's great reward. When it's done poorly, Jesus was white hot with anger. Well, as we finish up, uh, you might have some questions. Um, So get your questions ready. uh, And we'll we'll sing first and then we'll have questions. But let let me give you two implications. I think the first one's really obvious. It's who you choose as leaders, who you follow as leaders, is massively important. Uh, how do you work that out? God cares deeply about character. He, he cares deeply about capability. And it's an interesting part of the Bible, isn't it? Because even an interesting part of the chapter we saw last week, it starts with Paul's passion, which is God's passion. God is at work bringing people to faith. It's his church, it's his work, making disciples, bringing them to faith, growing them knowledge so that, they might, uh, that it might lead to godliness in the hope of eternal life. And you think about that and you go, that is rock solid. The, the church is in a great place because God is at the helm, Jesus is the chief shepherd. And then you get to this section, Paul says, no, the leaders are crucial. You need to be careful with leaders. There's risk here. Find the right person. Watch out for this. Make sure they're not this. Make sure they're this. And it all looks kind of precarious, doesn't it? Uh, so what are we called to do? Take responsibility. Choose wisely. Step up if you're a leader. And at the same time, know 
God is in charge. God is at work. Ultimately, he's in, he's in charge bringing people to faith, knowledge and godliness. Second thing I want to say as we finish up is, did you notice as you go through this list, there are some things that apply only to leaders of God's church, but 90% of it actually applies to all of us. Uh, particularly as you think through those, those lists of characteristics, of character, of godliness, it actually applies to all of us. So let me ask you tonight, as you think about that list, which one or which ones are you embarrassed by? Which ones, as you hear them read, you go, I really need to work on that. I need to pray about that and I need to take action about that. Uh, if I was to ask a close friend of yours, uh, what is it that she needs to work on, he needs to work on? What would your family say? What would your flatmate say? What would your work colleagues say with this list? Blameless, faithful to your spouse if you're married, if you have children, children that, are, that aren't wild and disobedient, uh, someone who's not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain, hospitable, one who loves what is good, self-controlled, upright, holy, disciplined. Which one is it for you? Which is the one you go, oh, I need to work on that. I need God's help. Hospitality is an interesting one, isn't it? Hospitality doesn't come naturally. Uh, that's a work of the Spirit. Uh, that's, that, that's you growing as a disciple of Jesus. Because it doesn't matter how outgoing you are, how gregarious you are, how many people you love having over, uh, that's actually not what it's about. It's about opening up your home, opening up your life, and sharing your home, sharing your space, sharing your life with other people. People that you don't really know yet, who aren't even friends yet, maybe are brothers or sisters in Christ, new here at Salt, or maybe not yet disciples of Jesus, that God is calling you to reach out to and be hospitable to. Um, That's something I've certainly had to work on. Uh, That's something that Natalie and I plan for. We know that won't just happen. Uh, that was a shift in our brains to think it's not about our home, it's not about the quality of the food. It sounds like if you get invited over to our place, it's going to be super dodgy. (laughs) But it's about people, loving people, Uh, hospitality. Alcohol is a trap too, isn't it? Have you noticed, it's, it's just painting it really obviously, that alcohol, our, our culture is, consumes alcohol like it's just nothing, right? Uh, in, at every social occasion, it just seems that there's always alcohol, that it's completely normal. Uh, my mum, all her life, has never drunk alcohol uh, and she's 100% more healthy for the, for the, because of that. But she's, she keeps saying to us that at social occasions, it, it just becomes awkward because everyone else is drinking and she just needs to keep saying no. Uh, and it's just so common, isn't it? And I think for, if you're a disciple of Jesus, you need to work out if you're 
We know that alcohol is a good gift from God, it's to be enjoyed with thanksgiving, 1 Timothy 4, it's part of God's good creation, but you need to work out what does it look like for you to be a disciple of Jesus and honour him with alcohol? Uh, Because sadly, for so many Christians, there's only a minuscule difference between the way you treat alcohol, the amount of alcohol you consume, and the person who doesn't know any better, who isn't a disciple of Jesus. And that is not honouring to Jesus at all. I've now got three friends, two of whom had to give up, three friends who are all disciples of Jesus, two of whom have had to give up alcohol because it was such a trap for them and the third one I think needs to give up alcohol Uh, and that's just happened bit by bit. How does it happen? It happens one drink at a time. Uh, One of our friends, uh, it just, every time we saw her at every gathering, my picture of her is, uh, she's a mum, she's a wife, my picture of her is holding a glass of wine in her hand. Uh, And not many people would know that she has a problem with alcohol, but she does. Uh, And it's not honouring to Jesus, and she does need to get help. So I wonder what it is for you. Alcohol is a great gift from God, but gee, it's a dangerous gift. Gee, it's a gift that could get out of hand. Let's finish up. Uh, Leaders, all about leadership tonight, maybe you've got questions on that. Character, capability. Um, where, where does the rubber hit the road for you? How do you choose leaders? How do you, how do you work out whether you're following a leader? Uh, what is the characteristic that you know that you need to work on tonight? I'm going to pray for us.